beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. to tell you. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. After the last favorite things episode, that was 10 weeks ago, because remember, we're now doing favorite things every 10 episodes instead of every 20 episodes. So the last time that we came together to talk about our favorite things, I posted on social media that listing our favorite things is an act of gratitude. And I really do believe that because it's fun, of course, to like share our favorite beauty products or, you know, favorite TV shows we're watching or whatever. All of that stuff is fun and it's nice to get good recommendations from one another. But really, listing our favorite things in our journals, in our planners, on text messages to one another, here on the show, on social media, listing out these things that we're loving can be so much more than just surface level recommendations. These episodes always have, you know, some product recommendations, (laughs) some things I've actually used or discovered and want to share with you. But there's also things thrown in that I'm really loving, that I'm thinking about, or something that has happened. Those also land on these favorite things lists. 
And when I sit down to make this episode and journal out, you know, make a scribbly list of all the things I'm loving right now to shape it into this episode for you, it is an act of gratitude. It makes me think about the things that I'm loving because sometimes these episodes come up and I'm not in a loving mood or I'm struggling in some way. And it's a mood lifter to think about the things that are bringing me a lot of joy, to think about the things that I want to share with you. And so not only as you're listening today, but as you're thinking of your own lists of favorites, I hope that you think about it in that way too a little bit, that this is an act of gratitude because there's a lot of heaviness in our world. Things have been heavy for a while. And as I'm recording this, there is devastating news coming out of Haiti and the Middle East and right here in America, so many difficult headlines. And I don't want to gloss over that on this show or ever. I mean, I hope that here, this is a place that we talk a lot about self-awareness and mindfulness and compassion, and we have an open-hearted spirit and a curiosity to learn. Those things are all tent poles of 10 things to tell you. And even when we're talking about things like favorite things right now, it's not all frivolous confetti. It is sometimes just what our soul needs to stop down and make a list of the things that are beautiful in our life right now. So with all that said, let's launch right into 10 favorite things right now, which as I already said, today is going to be a mix of things like it always is. If you are listening to this while you're driving or running or cleaning or whatever it is that you're doing, you can always head to the show notes to just get a full list of everything that I'm talking about with links. And you can always find all of that at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. So do not feel like you have to memorize any of this. But here we go. Number one, my favorite thing right now, we're kind of starting off with a biggie, a real biggie. I mentioned this in passing on my personal Instagram last month and got so many questions about it and realized that I definitely needed to talk about it on the next Favorite Things episode. And here we are. This is a gift, a housewarming gift that Jeff and I got from a group of friends. They all got together when we moved back in May or June and splurged on this thing for us. And it has very rapidly become one of the favorite things in our house, and it is called the Bartesian. The Bartesian is a premium cocktail and margarita machine, is what the description is. But I'll tell you what it kind of really is. It's like a Keurig for cocktails, okay? It's like this machine that looks like, you know, a Keurig coffee machine, but I mean, it's a little bit bigger. And you put four different types of alcohol in the little dispensers. There's a place for vodka, tequila, whiskey, and rum, I think it is. And then, like a coffee maker, there are these little pods that make any drink that you would like, a margarita, a martini, an old-fashioned, a whiskey sour. Like, I don't even understand how it all works because I'm not like a cocktail connoisseur, other than it knows which alcohol to like mix in the cocktail. And then you put your cup underneath it and you press the button and it 
makes a beautiful, wonderful cocktail. Is this description doing it for you? It really is fun. And by the way, it's great for parties. We had a few people over in our backyard for my birthday in June, and it got a ton of use. I had a slew of house guests. A bunch of family came to visit me in July. We used it then. Everyone was singing its praises. You can choose the different little mixers, the different kinds of drinks that you want, the little pods. You choose those. Again, just like you would choose a flavor of coffee or whatever, and then... It's so easy. Touch of a button, you put it in, you put the pot in, you click the thing down, you press the button. And it makes really good drinks. Now for me, this actually, besides just being fun and convenient, it did sort of fill a gap in entertaining. You know, when we have people over, it's just easier in general to offer beer or wine, right? Because you don't have to think about it. You just pour and offer it. You know, there's like a lot happening when you're hosting. You don't want to be like thinking of the exact mix for every kind of cocktail or whatever if people want cocktails. This Bartesian machine (laughs) makes all of that easy and also festive. People like had a lot of fun choosing their drinks and it, you know, makes it easier for me as the hostess. So again, we got this as a gift from a group of friends. It's pricey. It's about $350. But if you are looking for a splurgy gift coming up for the holidays Or if you want to do like our friends did and sort of all go in on a gift for newlyweds or, you know, for someone who has everything type of friend or family, this is a really fun and actually really useful (laughs) gift. And I said on social media that I would say more about it. And though here I am saying more about it. We are really loving our Bartesian. And that is number one on my favorite things list right now. Number two on my favorite things list. I'm going to talk to you about shoes. I keep meaning to do, and I will do this fall, some type of a follow-up style episode, personal style episode. If you'll recall, I had an episode with my friend Amber Haynes right before the pandemic hit about personal style and how we both felt like we'd lost ours a little bit and we were like ready to kind of bring it back. And we had a really great conversation back on episode 42. It was called Have You Lost Your Style? And I loved that episode and I was like all geared up to do a follow-up conversation about sort of finding your style again or whatever. And then the pandemic hit and style has not been in the forefront of my mind in the last 18 months. Stretchy pants and messy ponytails and work from home pajamas, you know, was my uniform for the entirety of 2020 between pandemic lockdown and writing a book. But just in the last couple of months, I have revived that conversation within myself of getting back to some personal style, wanting to feel pretty, wanting to feel attractive, like in episode 123, how to feel pretty when you don't. I talked a little bit more about that in that episode. And this summer, I have been paying a bit more of attention to what makes me feel good, what kinds of clothes I'm gravitating towards, and all of this. We will do a follow-up conversation about this very topic. But in terms of favorite things... What I want to talk to you about is shoes, because for me, when I'm feeling unsure in my body and my style choices, I always turn to like shoes 
accessories, my headscarves, my purses, like the things that I feel like are kind of making a little bit of a statement. And those are also just things that bring me joy. So I have two pairs of shoes that I want to share with you. They're both sandals. Now listen, I live in Los Angeles, so I can wear sandals all year round. I know not everyone can. But the first one is a style that really will take you through most of the fall until it starts to truly get chilly. But it's not a super summery sandal at all. They're made by Born. That's the brand. If you didn't know, Born, B-O-R-N. And the style is called, I think they're pronouncing it Iwa. It's I-W-A. Now they have these in a slew of colors and different suede and leathers. But the one that I got after reading a bunch of reviews, and because this is what I needed for my own wardrobe, was a black leather with a black sole. And the reason I'm telling you that is it's more than just about the look of the black on black. This particular leather on the black version of these sandals is like butter. It is so soft. There was no break-in period. There was no blisters. This is the nicest leather for a sandal of this price point under $100. It was just so comfortable. And listen, comfort is like huge these days. (laughs) I want to be stylish, yes, but I really want to be comfortable. And I saw a version of these shoes, a, a brown version, a different colorway in Nordstrom that I really liked. They were really cute. I think this style has been around for years. You're not going to be surprised by like the look of these sandals, which are sort of, I don't know, kind of on the bohemian side, like definitely not preppy or formal in any way. They're definitely more of a kind of bohemian look. But the black on black is quite a bit more neutral than that. It doesn't look like earthy. And they have a lot of support with with big, wide straps. You know, sometimes with sandals, that is not the case. And they're not good for walking around for too long because, you know, you might as well be barefoot or whatever. But I just thought these were great shoes. I ordered them on Zappos. That's where I found the black on black. I'll link in the show notes to the pair that I got. Same style, but quite a different look than the ones that are suede colored with like a brown sole that I think you'll probably be very familiar with. You've probably seen a lot more. And they're super cute. But I just loved the look of these black on black ones. They looked a little more original to me. So, and the comfort factor with that smooth, soft, soft leather was huge. So that's one pair of shoes in this number two favorite thing. The other pair of shoes is a little more specific because they were custom made for me and they can be custom made for you. This is a store in Los Angeles called Amanu. I really hope that I'm saying that right. Now, a friend had told me about this store that makes these custom sandals. A friend had told me about it like a couple of years ago, and I had bookmarked it, I think, on my computer and then, of course, promptly forgot about it. Well, then I started to get, I think, Instagram ads (laughs) or something for this store, and they worked because I remembered that I had, you know, had this recommendation about them. And so earlier this summer, I went into their little shop. It is so cute. It's in West Hollywood, if you're local. And you go in and you can pick the configuration. Like, do you want a little strap to wrap up your ankle? Do you want it to go over your toe? They have all these different sandal configurations. And then you also choose the color of the leather. You can choose like a snakeskin or just a solid color. You can choose if it's like a thin strap or a thick strap. 
You can buy these online. They do have a website and you can buy them by browsing online. But if you are local, I'm including them here because I think that it is like a really cool experience. Like I went by myself actually, but afterwards I was like, you know, this would be really fun to come back with friends. Like it seems like it would be like a fun way to do, I don't know, a birthday party or something for adult women (laughs) to go get custom sandals. Now these are also because they're custom, much pricier than the Born sandals. So for sure, that is a consideration. But I just, I love anything custom like this. Like I really do. And they measure your feet and they like sort of wrap it all so that you feel comfortable. And then, you know, they test it. Is it too tight? They loosen it all right there with you. That's why I think it's extra special to come and do it in the shop. It's not just about choosing the aesthetics of the shoe. They really are like sewing it like onto your foot right there in store. And I just love that. If you want to look them up, their website is amanustudio.com, A-M-A-N-U studio.com. And you can look at all the different options on the website. And then if you are local or if you're ever going to be visiting Los Angeles, and this seems like something that might be fun or interesting or like very unique experience, then I wanted to make sure and mention it here in my number two of favorite things, shoes. Okay, my number three favorite thing is a candle and lotion combo. Now, if you have stuck around for a while, you know that my candle recommendations come up kind of frequently. I care a lot about aromatherapy. I really think it matters. And I have like whole rituals around like the candle that I light before I start to work or if I'm having some anxious thoughts or in different rooms of my home or whatever. Like I really care a lot about aromatherapy. And I didn't used to be a huge candle lover necessarily because sometimes smells can be too strong and they like give me a headache. I have, I'm like very sensitive to smells, but I also care a lot about the way things smell. I know it's a conundrum. And so when I find candles or room sprays or any kind of scents that are not overwhelming, but that really like take my notice, then, you know, I purchase them if I can. So a few of my favorites in the past couple of years have been the 1111 candle from Sunday Forever. That's kind of my work candle. I also really love the Boy Smells candles. That's like a brand. But this one, I just discovered this summer and I actually found it in like a little spa gift shops. And like, listen, I, those things, those places... (laughs) I usually try to just like put on blinders and not look in little gift shops like that because, you know, they're often overpriced or, you know, you're like in a place where you make a weird purchase decision that you regret later. And so I don't always, you know, want to engage in that. But I, they had like little samples of the lotion of the scent and I tried it on and I loved it so much. I came back and purchased the lotion and also the candle. This is a company called Life Therapy and the website is lifetherapy.com. But the scent that I bought and really loved is called Grounded. And they had a selection of their scents there in this little boutique thing I was in. And they had Grounded energized, loved, and inspired. And then I think there's one called transformed. And that may be like, you know, a gimmicky thing, right? Like you might think, okay, well, whatever. But no, I really felt like when I took in this scent grounded, which is really what I need these days is some grounding. And I felt it like I was like, oh, yeah, this is grounding, actually. So this is a new company to me, Life Therapy. 
but I've really enjoyed both their lotion and their candle in the scent Grounded. And I smelled the others and they were all lovely in their own way. You can read all the ingredients and everything on that website, lifetherapy.com. But whenever I come across something like that, that did work, did seem to be calming and didn't overwhelm me and I liked the packaging and I liked the whole experience of it, I wanted to share it with you. So that was number three, the Life Therapy Lotion and Candle. I bought mine in Grounded, but check out any of their other scents. I think you will be pleased. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, and use code U, Y-O-U. Okay, number four on my favorite things right now list is like a little bit of a turn. But I'm going to tell you anyway, even though it's like sort of businessy, it might not apply to everyone. But I've been so pleased with this particular thing and realized that I have not talked about it at all because it's not necessarily one of the things that you chat about on a podcast, but really this might be helpful to someone. So I wanted to share this love, nothing sponsored or anything. This is totally something I found on my own and just decided was like amazing. And that is the email service provider Mailer Light. And by email service provider, I don't mean like your Gmail. I mean, this is what I use to send out the secret posts, my email newsletter, which you should sign up for if you haven't already. This is what I use to send out the episode emails every week, which if you want these show notes to come straight to your inbox, you can always sign up for that. There's always fun tidbits and the links can come straight to your email. I use MailerLite for that. Now, I have used several different, very popular, very well-known email service providers in the past, and all of them have various pros and cons. They all do the main function that you need them to do, which is to send out an email to a newsletter list or to a group that you're trying to communicate with. They all have various bells and whistles and some look prettier than others and some have fancier features than others. I've tried several different things. There are also like various price points for these email platforms. And, you know, that can definitely inform your decision depending on how big of a list you have that you're sending out to. As my list has grown and grown over the years, this is quite an expensive monthly expense for me. And so I really have paid attention to not only how much it costs, but like how well it functions. I decided to use MailerLite back in the winter. And by the way, this is MailerLite 
M-A-I-L-E-R-L-I-T-E. That's how you spell it. The light part is L-I-T-E. I decided to use this service back in the winter, not for my main lists like I use now, but because without boring you in all the details, but because it offered a specific function that was going to help me deliver my pre-order bonuses for my book launch for Share Your Stuff. I wanted to deliver those pre-order incentives in a really specific way via email, and MailerLite let me do that. And so I signed up for that account just for that. I was going to build that list of people who were signing up for the pre-order bonuses, and that's all. I was going to go back to my other email provider you know, after my launch. But when I started to build a list in there and started to build the different emails and everything that was going to go with my pre-order stuff... I loved it so much, (laughs) and so did my assistant, Caroline. We were both like, oh, this is so much better than what we are using, that after a few months, I moved everything there, all of my different email lists for this show, for the secret posts, the various email lists that I have, I moved them all to MailerLite because the functionality was so good. The usability for someone who's not super tech savvy, who just wants to send out an email that does what it's supposed to do, and it looks great, and it's easy to put together. And the price point was comparable or a little below what I was paying, and I was much, much happier with the service. It felt more modern. It felt less clunky. So now it's been, you know, eight, nine months or whatever since I've started using MailerLite, and I felt like it was time to put it on this list because as far as, you know, tools that you need to run an online business, there's all kinds of different things you can use and all kinds of different jobs where you might need something like this. And so I felt like it might be helpful to you, especially because I don't think it's one of like the top ones that people talk about. I hadn't heard about it. I chose it because I was, again, Googling this really specific thing that I needed and realized that MailerLite could do that. But I don't think it's one of the ones that always gets like shared in Facebook threads or whatever. Maybe I'm wrong, but I hadn't heard of it much. And so that is why I wanted, as a paying happy customer, to pass along this knowledge to you that MailerLite is an amazing option for your email lists. Okay, so MailerLite was number four on my favorite things list. Number five on my favorite things list is probably like maybe if we were ranking them, my truly favorite thing on this whole list. But I try to mix up the way I talk about these different recommendations, my different favorites. But rest assured, friends, this is truly the thing that I wake up happy about every single day this summer. Number five of my favorite things right now is reading with you. So there are two ways I have been reading with a group. Many of you are in these groups this summer, and it has been like such a delight. I can't believe I didn't do something like this before in the many, many years that I have been doing stuff online. Why I haven't hosted A, a book club, which we'll talk about, or B, these reading parties, I do not know. I'm really slow to have realized how much fun this is going to be. And that is exactly what it is. So much fun. So let me start with reading parties because that is for everyone. On my personal Instagram, at laura.tremaine, I started hosting 20-minute reading parties. As you know, I preach the magic of the 20-minute reading timer. 
Because I'm often posting about reading, what I'm reading, when I'm reading, etc., I always used to get DMs or emails about like how to read more, when do I have time to read? And so that is when I started my whole crusade about a 20-minute reading timer will change your life. I discovered this when I had babies and I was, you know, nursing all the time round the clock. I would set my timer when I was breastfeeding to go, you know, side to side or whatever, and I would read during that time. And I realized that reading in these 20-minute spurts that I was doing, even when I was in complete mommy fog, even when I was tired, even when I wasn't in the mood to read, but I had to feed my baby, reading in these 20-minute spurts, I was reading a lot. And so that is when I became an evangelist for the 20-minute reading timer. The people who think they don't have time to read, they're not sure when to read. Everyone has 20 minutes a day. It requires nothing of you but that 20 minutes. And at that pace, you can read your average size book in, you know, a couple of weeks, which is two books a month. If you're not reading much at all, two books a month, which becomes 24-ish books a year, is amazing. And so 20-minute reading timer, I talk about it all the time online. I decided to start doing these 20-minute reading parties. So I announced it in stories one day, just on a whim, like a time that we could all do this together. And then I go on Instagram Live at the appointed time. People join in. We all greet one another. We say where we are. We say what we're going to read. And then I just turn the camera towards something pretty, I've done everything from our backyard koi pond to Laguna Beach to just a candle in my bedroom one day. I just, you know, turn the camera away so that it's not alive of looking at me reading exactly. But we do all read together. I set a timer on my watch for 20 minutes. And through that whole live, that Instagram live, we are all sitting around, sometimes over a hundred of us at a time, reading together, having a reading party silently wherever we are. When the 20-minute timer goes off, I come back and I say, okay, that was 20 minutes. A couple of times we've gone beyond the 20 minutes. People have messaged me that even when the live is over, they keep reading because they've gotten into a good groove. But even if you just turn off Instagram, close your book, and are done for the day, you've gotten your 20 minutes of reading in. And there is something about reading together that is way more fun than I thought it would be. It's not that I thought it would be unfun, but there's something like really beautiful about greeting one another and like sharing what we're reading, saying where we are, realizing that people are doing this all over the world, then just reading, like actually doing your 20 minutes of reading. I just really, really enjoyed it. If you want to join one of those, they are spontaneous. I might put them on a schedule once the kids go back to school and I have a little more of a schedule in my life. But for now, I've just been doing them spontaneously whenever I have time, whenever I'm somewhere pretty, whenever I want to take a reading break. If you want to join one of my reading parties, make sure you're following my personal Instagram, laura.tremaine, and then I share them up in stories before they happen. Not every time, but most of the time, I have also been saving the Instagram Lives You can save them so people can replay them on IGTV. I've done that several times, especially in the prettier places, like when I was at the beach or something like that. And people are then using them, using those videos, even though it's not live anymore, as their own little 20-minute reading timers. And then it still feels amazing, right? To have that timer, to know other people are using the videos that way. It's just been such a very unexpected and fun part of this summer are my reading parties. 
The second part of this favorite thing, the favorite thing is reading with you. First part was reading parties. Second part was the book club that is happening on my Secret Stuff Patreon. Now, I've dabbled in having an online book club, sort of. Years and years ago when I was a blogger, I did a short book club where we read a few classics. That ended up being really fun, but it was hard to facilitate. Things were a little bit different back then. I think I hosted it just on my main Facebook page. It was kind of hard to have a good, solid discussion that way. And I sort of struggled with the logistics of having a book club after that for years. Well, this summer when I launched the Secret Stuff Patreon, I'm putting a lot of things over there. But one of the things, one of the elements of Secret Stuff is a book club. This summer we did Stephen King Summer. We've read three books together, Stephen King's debut novel, Carrie. We also read his short story, Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption, which then became a very classic movie. And this month, it's not too late to join in. This month, we are reading Misery, and we're going to watch that movie together at the end of August. You can certainly jump on that bandwagon if you want. And while I have loved, absolutely loved the Stephen King element of this, because I'm very passionate about Stephen King, I made the last minute decision for the very first Stephen King Summer Book Club meeting, which was Carrie, I made this last minute decision to, instead of having it be a live, which is what I thought it was going to be with like a Q&A and I would sort of lead a discussion where the video was just on me. I don't know why I thought that was the way to do it. At the last minute, I changed my mind and thought, you know what, let's try and do this over Zoom. Even though there were going to be dozens of us and I was like a little bit nervous about it, I was inspired because Sarah Hildreth of Fiction Matters, do you remember when she was on the podcast back in March, back on episode 107, she also has a Patreon and she does these Zoom meetings and I was kind of inspired by that. So I made our very first Stephen King Summer Book Club meeting on Zoom where I could see everyone's face, where everyone gets a chance to share their opinions or thoughts or commentary and y'all, it was awesome. Our next meeting on Shawshank, also awesome. And I was like, this is so much more fun to do it on Zoom, this book club meeting. I get so sick of me being the one talking all the time. I talk on this show. I talk on social media. I love doing this work, but let me tell you, it is so much more fun when we're actually engaging in the conversation together. And so that is the second way in which reading with you is my very favorite thing. If you didn't join us for Stephen King Summer and you have absolutely no interest in reading Stephen King, I get it. We are going to keep the book club element of Secret Stuff Patreon going because I've enjoyed it so much. This fall, we're going to read two different nonfiction books, one called The Happiness Equation, one called The Art of Gathering. We're going to read those in September and October. And then maybe this winter, we are going to revisit some classics. I haven't totally decided yet. But throughout the year, we're going to mix it up. There's going to be themes. There's going to be different genres. There's going to be some backlist. Maybe we're going to stretch ourselves and read something way out of our normal wheelhouse. What excites me about reading with you and about hosting this book club is that we're not just going to be reading like contemporary bestsellers or very buzzed about books or whatever. I like to read bestsellers. I like to be part of the you know sort of national book conversation that's happening all the time. But that's not what this 
book club is going to be. I want us to be doing something really different over there. And so if you would like to read with us and join with us over at Secret Stuff, you can go to 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret stuff and see how fun it is and why it is my favorite thing. My number five favorite thing right now is reading with you in two different ways. The reading parties on Instagram and the book club element of Secret Stuff. Those two things... I could just kick myself for not having started them sooner because they are absolutely one of the best parts of not just the summer, but of all of 2021 so far. So I would love it if you would join me for one or both of those things. Okay, number six on my favorite things list is something I never, ever, ever thought that I would say because it actually is something I used to be against, and that is my trampoline. Okay. My kids have wanted a big, you know, one of those big trampolines for ages. Their friends have them, their cousins have one, like they've begged me for one for ages. And besides briefly looking into getting an in-ground one, you can get them like dug into the ground so that they're flat and not like above ground. We looked into that briefly years ago. It was going to be like really expensive and you have to dig up your yard. So we decided not to do it. But trampolines have always been a hard no for me. All I think about when I think about trampolines are just injuries, broken arms, dislocated shoulders, like all kinds of injuries. And that's valid, by the way. That's a very valid fear and concern. And like doctors will tell you, other parents will tell you, like absolutely I am not here to say yay trampolines for families. But what happened to me was our new house, we inherited a trampoline. The previous owners left their big, very nice, fairly new trampolines behind when they moved. And it seems to be, you know, all things considered, one of the safer ones with the coils covered and all this kind of thing. Anyway, when they said they were going to leave it, my kids were thrilled and I decided, well, let's just have this as like a test run. If somebody gets hurt, if I get too nervous about it, like if it just seems like it's not going to work out, we will sell it or donate it or whatever. But let's just give this a trial run. Again, we've only been in our house a couple of months, so we're still (laughs) technically into that trial run period. But here's why it's on my list of favorite things. It has nothing to do with my kids. It has everything to do with me and about moving my body and about getting some energy out. Now, I have long heard from my Pilates instructor, from yoga teachers, from just my own reading and learning over the last couple of years that like moving energy through your body is so important. It's important just on a regular old Tuesday, but especially when you are having a lot of stress, which a lot of us have been, when you are having anger, it is great to move your body. When you are having sadness, to just move those emotions through your body. I know a lot of people get this in a lot of different ways, a lot of different types of exercise, running and spinning and dancing. I mean, there's like a lot of ways you can move this energy through your body, complete the stress cycle. If you have read that book, Burnout, that I love so much, that talks about completing the stress cycle, which is getting these emotions, this energy all the way through you instead of storing it, instead of holding this tension in our shoulders, in our hips, in our bowels. You know, these things can give us like headaches, digestion troubles, 
tightness, which leads to all kinds of like physical ailments and injury and stuff. And so anyway, let's all agree that moving our body is a good thing. Well, I'm not a runner and I'm not a spinner. And in the last 18 months, my Pilates habit and my attempts to do yoga have been kaput. They've been terrible. It's awful. And I definitely have felt the effects of not enough movement. So one day, you know, a couple months ago, I was feeling, I actually was feeling anger, to be honest with you. And I knew that I needed to get it out, this anger out. Like I I needed to do something. And because I'm not a runner or like a kickboxer or like any of those things that would really be moving your body, like exerting a lot of physical activity. When I need to do that, I do some silly stuff like almost like dance parties or like spinning my arms around like a, you know, fan. Like I, you know, do some really silly in the privacy of my own room movement. But I realized on this day when I was having some feelings, I realized that I have this trampoline in my backyard now, which is a new development. And so I went out there And it wasn't like the first time I jumped on it, but I was alone and I put on some music, some like, you know, music that I could rage scream along to. And I jumped on that dang trampoline. And I'll tell you what, when the two songs that I listened to were over, so they were normal song links. So let's say it was like a under 10 minute jumping session. I was first of all, very winded. It is extremely cardio-y to rage jump on a trampoline. But also I did feel better. I mean, it wasn't that I wasn't still like upset about the situation or whatever, but moving my body in more than just a dance party, like being able to sort of jump it out, talk about moving the energy through my body. It did help me release and like loosen up and think a little more clearly instead of just being like so fogged down by the emotion of it all. Once I got my breath back, I was like, ah, I do feel better. I do feel like I have released something in using the trampoline to jump it out, if you will. And since then, I've done it several times, not in anger, but just like, oh, I'm feeling stuck. I'm feeling listless. I'm feeling tense or like I could just use a few minutes of cardio or I could just use that feeling of kind of not just releasing, but like, because I'm on an actual trampoline, like the sort of flying part of it, if you will, like that is also why it's the trampoline specifically that lands on the favorite things list is because the other tactics that I use pre-trampoline days, pinwheeling my arms and such, they're effective, they work, but maybe they're just not as satisfying So again, mixed feelings on trampoline usage in general, because I do know that like all joking aside, there really is a lot of injuries that come from those trampolines. But for now, I am making good use of this big old thing that sits in the backyard. There is actually a benefit to it. And I'm here to tell you, if you have not tried jumping on your child's trampoline, or as someone who put on the Facebook thread, I asked about favorite things last week on Facebook, and someone said that they had a mini trampoline, like one of those smaller, almost like exercise trampolines that they'd actually been hiding from their children, (laughs) but that they've been using that to get out some of the movement that they need in their body. That also works. So if you have not tried it, if you have one of these dusty in a garage somewhere, or you haven't gotten on 
your kid's trampoline in the backyard, give it a whirl. You don't have to be on there for 30 minutes. It's not a punishment. It's like a freedom. Turn on a good song, jump and sing. Please do report back if it had the same therapeutic qualities for you that it did for me. Speaking of therapeutic qualities, this episode is also sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you, like me, been feeling a little bit blah lately and like your brain is being pulled in a million different directions, you just can't pinpoint exactly what is making you so discombobulated besides everything, right? Sometimes you just need to talk about these issues instead of letting them bounce around in your head. And that is where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp is an online counseling service that pairs you with a licensed therapist within 48 hours of signing up. This is not a crisis line. It is not a self-help boot camp. BetterHelp is professional help accessed remotely online. The service is available for clients worldwide. And since it's all over the internet, there are no stuffy, uncomfortable waiting rooms for you to sit in. You are able to send a secure message to your counselor whenever is most convenient to you. You'll receive timely replies back and you're even able to schedule video or phone calls weekly. BetterHelp also makes it easy to switch counselors if your needs are not being met with your current match. Financial aid is available, plus BetterHelp services are more affordable than traditional therapy. BetterHelp wants you to start living your better life today. 10 things to tell you listeners can get 10% off their first month by going to betterhelp.com slash you. That's better, B-E-T-T-E-R, help, H-E-L-P, dot com slash you, Y-O-U, for 10% off your first month. Okay, so we are on number seven of my favorite things right now. And this one is something I've talked a little bit about on a personal level over on Patreon, but I want to share it here because I really think it's important and I know that I can't be the only one going through this. Now, the favorite thing portion of this, what we're going to get to is getting back to the things that tether you getting back to rituals and routines. But the journey, how we got here and how this became a favorite thing is that 2021 has been full of disruption for our family. And I don't just mean like the national disruption, but launching a book, then moving houses, me having some health issues this spring. There's been a lot of inconsistency in our family life, in my personal life. And part of that is like by circumstance that I just listed. But then a huge part of it is also almost by choice. And by choice, I just mean that I abandoned some of the things that I've used over the past several years, things that I've preached here that keep me anchored, that keep me grounded. Remember the grounded candle that I said I really needed to get back to that feeling of being grounded. A lot of the things that I anchor my day in, so this is like morning routine, meditation, journaling even, like a lot of those things, I've basically abandoned them thinking that I could just power through this season, that I don't need some of this woo-woo stuff. And that wasn't a conscious thought, by the way, because I would combat that conscious thought with Like, of course, we know that these things make us feel better, that they really root us. But when I sort of was in a mode of just 
scrambling, putting out fires, a huge busy schedule, like when I was in that mode, when I've been in that mode, or not feeling like myself, some of those things start to feel like silly stuff or frivolous stuff to sit down for an hour morning routine. Like I'm like, I don't have time for that. I have good energy this morning. I need to capture it by doing X, Y, and Z. There's nothing wrong with thinking that way. Sometimes you do need to change up your routines. You do need to follow your own energy. But What happened was abandoning all of those things, not journaling, not sitting in silence, not doing my affirmations, not having a steady thing that I did every single day that brought me back to myself, that rooted me in prayer and gratitude and all of those woo-woo things that we talk about that are so much easier to talk about when things are status quo. Because I let all of those things go, not purposefully and not with any sort of plan, but just like, oh, I'm not going to do that this week. I'll get back to it eventually. And then what happens? Weeks go by, months go by. And I felt really untethered after a while and couldn't even immediately put my finger on it. I thought that it was all these outside circumstances is why I felt so frazzled, which was part of it. Moving and living among boxes and having workers in the house while we did some remodeling, the kids being at home because of COVID and then going back to school and then being home again. And like, it's all been a lot of disruption and confusion and inconsistency. Like all of those outside factors are real. And of course they matter. But the things that I can control, the things that I can make steady by my own choice, by having these rituals and routines and all of those things, Giving all of those up combined with the outside circumstances, well, obviously it just led to me feeling like a real crazy person. (laughs) Like I just felt very unorganized in my brain, not on the outside, but on the inside. Like I just felt like I could not keep my thoughts straight because there was just so much. I was thinking of my to-do list all the time, or I was thinking of just a lot of different things all the time. I just, I could not get a handle on myself if you will. And it really became sort of a slower aha moment when I realized that some of these things that make me feel like the most like myself were the things I had given up and that I need to get back to them instead of abandoning them or thinking that they were last on the list because they're less of a priority than the things that really do need to get done in the morning or whatever, I really understood the consequences of giving up these things that keep us centered for days, weeks, months at a time. You're going to pay a cost. Like There's a cost to that. You're going to pay a price. So anyway, just in the last couple of weeks, which I realize it's you know not necessarily my policy to put something so new as just in the last couple of weeks on my favorite things list, but I think this topic is so important that my favorite thing right now is getting back to these things that tether me, getting back to these rituals and routines. And so I've been making a conscious effort literally just this month to return to those things. Like anything else, you can't just like 180 life change immediately. I can't just immediately start implementing all of those things that I put years and years of practice into that came unraveled in a matter of months, but I'm slowly incorporating them. So I've started doing my journaling in the evening. I started getting back to my five minutes of silence every day, like the ones that are seem a little bit lower stakes. I'm just building on those things every day so I, I can get back to a place where I don't feel so frazzled or where the things that happen in a day don't frazzle me quite as much. One other part of this that I want to mention, because this is an anomaly, it's not like a a daily routine or ritual, but it made a huge, huge difference 
in my mindset and my attitude. And so I'm just going to mention it here with this. A week or so ago, Jeff took the kids overnight to visit a family member. And I had, you know, like 24, 36 hours to myself. And it was good. I needed it. I wanted to take a nap. I wanted to read my book. I wanted to get some work done that I had been behind on. All of that is great. But this unexpected thing ended up happening that was amazing. I sat outside on my porch and I started doing some brainstorming. So I got out a notebook. Y'all know I have like a million notebooks, but I got out a fresh page of a random notebook, not like my main journal or anything, just a, a blank notebook. And I think I started brainstorming some stuff about social media. Like I was thinking about, you know, some things I've been meaning to write or or post on social media. This was sort of like part of me getting some work ducks in a row. But anyway, I was just messily making this list, this sort of brainstorm. And I started brainstorming some other things. I started brainstorming some taglines for some merch I want to make for the show. I started brainstorming some topics I want to talk about through the fall. Like I started brainstorming some guests I want to reach out to. Like it just sort of became a brain dump. And I went with it, even though it was like not all exactly one thing. I had like I don't know, like five different lists on five different pages going. And I was sort of flipping back and forth as the thoughts were just flooding me. And I sat there, y'all, I ended up sitting there for like hours. I mean, like, I'm not exaggerating, like four or five hours. I sat on the porch, which was not the plan. I had a to-do list, you know, even though my to-do list was like a nap. I had things I wanted to do during this time alone. But what happened was, because this was... After I'd had a good night's sleep, this is when I had a a stretch of afternoon without anyone around. When I opened up this notebook and had my pen and just started scrawling a bunch of things, ideas and thoughts and snippets of sentences and people I wanted to reach out to and just all these things, it didn't even matter. It became personal. It was about work. It was about to-dos. It was just, it was like everything. It was just like this incredible brain dump where I felt like things were just flowing out of me and I just needed the notebook to catch it all. And it was a mess. It was so messy. If you looked at it, you'd be like, I can't even make out what these words are. It felt so good. And it was different from like, you know, on Sunday nights, I often sit down and I do like sort of a, a brain dump of my to-do list for the week and like what my schedule is going to look like that week. And I, you know, confirm with people that this is happening or that is happening, whatever, you know, how that type of a brain dump, like a to-do list brain dump. There was a little bit of that, almost started a little bit like that. But having the time, setting aside these hours, even though I hadn't planned for this, but it was available to me, it was just beautiful and creative. And I felt like I got, like I'd unlocked a door or something to just write all of this stuff down, to just get it out of my head, to just let my brain run wild. Well, what if I talked about this? What if I posted about this? Why has this thought sort of been nagging me? Let me just write it down and see where it goes. I just sat there for hours and hours. I literally at one point got up to like sort of stretch and get a snack and thought to myself, you know, I should really go like change the laundry over or whatever. Like I had one of those sort of to do shoulds kind of thoughts. And I was like, no, I'm in a zone. I'm in a flow. I'm going to get my little snack. I'm going to sit back down on the couch and I'm just going to keep going. And I did. I mean, I just filled that notebook with so much randomness. 
you know, 90% of which I, I might not use or even return to, but it got it out of my head and it made me feel awake. It made me feel alive. It made me feel creative and reinvigorated some work ideas that had, you know, frankly gotten a little stale or that I felt like wasn't quite working. And so why I'm including that in the getting back to things that tether us is when we kind of get lost a little bit, when we get a little bit off of our path, we have to create time. We have to give ourselves the time and space to remember who we are, to remember what matters to us, what we love, what we like. It doesn't have to be structured, and it can start with a to-do list. It doesn't have to mean anything. You don't have to come out of the end of it with like a perfectly formed you know, plan or idea or something like that. I certainly didn't. I ended the time. I felt great, but I don't know that I could have like pointed to much of what came out of those hours sitting on a couch. But also I was like, when's the last time I even did something like this? Just sat somewhere, just let myself be somewhere for hours without doing what I have to do and just following whatever I'm thinking about. Now, I don't know what your process might look like. I mean, that brainstorm dump idea might not appeal to you because of your personality, but what is something similar? Is it like going for a long drive for hours and listening to music and thinking about things that you normally stuff down? Is it letting yourself zone out to a binge watch or a binge read or something like that and neglecting all of your to-dos? And I realized that if someone told me to neglect my to-dos, like if I was listening to myself say this, it would make me a little bit tense to be like, well, I don't, I don't want to do that. That feels like out of control or something. That feels like I'm not using my time wisely. But I'm here to tell you because this happened to me like sort of organically because I had a whole day to myself where I wasn't answering to anyone else. And that's a rarity these days. Letting that time just be wild and free and not filling it with productivity, it was the best afternoon I've had in months and months and months. And so even though this isn't something I do on a regular basis, that's not part of my regular rituals and routines, it was an exercise in getting back to myself. And that's what number seven is, getting back to the things that tether you, whatever that looks like for you. Okay, now number eight, number eight on favorite things list is, you know, also a little bit esoteric. Like it's also a little bit not something you can purchase from an Amazon link. But it really, really is something that means a lot to me and something that I've been thinking about extra lately because number eight on my favorite things list is my nieces and nephews. I do not know if you have the joy of being an aunt or an uncle or an older cousin or something like that to people who are in your family, but that are not in your immediate nuclear family, their extended family, but you're still deeply connected by history and DNA and love and memories. But I've gotten to spend more time with my nieces and nephews over the last year than I have in a long time. Partly this is because of COVID. Last summer, we went to Oklahoma, where my nieces and nephews live for a long period of time. And because it was the pandemic, we just spent a lot of time like as a family in the house or in the yard or whatever, we weren't really doing any outside activities. We got a lot of quality time then. This year, between a trip to Oklahoma in the spring and then my family all coming to visit me in my home in July, which I talked about on the hosting house guests episode, I've just gotten a lot of time with my nieces and nephews. And my oldest niece on my side of the family is almost 24. And 
My youngest is 11. And those relationships have really changed over the years because, of course, they have. You know, you go from like changing their diapers and babysitting or, you know, being the fun aunt to now they're like fully formed people. Some of them are adults. And this is like such a joy in my life. I really relish the aunt role. I was an aunt for a decade before I was a mother. And I just enjoy these people so much. These little people that came from my siblings, who I also love so much. It's really just such a special relationship because they're yours, but they're not yours. You love them like they're yours, but you get to hand them back. I hopefully am setting up a relationship with them where they could come to me for anything. So there's like a bond there, a closeness there, but there's enough of a distance. In my case, there's a physical distance because they all live in a different state. But there's enough of a distance that it's not like the parent relationship where those dynamics can be really, really complicated. It's simpler to be an aunt in some ways. And it's just such a joy to me. And I want to give a shout out to you if you're an aunt, that that is such a joy and also so important. I look at the women who are aunts to my children and I'm so grateful to them. I know that they are setting up the same thing with my kids where my kids feel safe and loved by their aunts. And I hope that my nieces and nephews feel the same from me. And even though this is a a funny thing to land on a favorite things list. I've been thinking about it a lot lately for a lot of different reasons. But one of those is that I live so far from my extended family. And it's always been a little bit of a pain point that I miss out on things like birthday parties and spontaneous weekend dinners and whatever that other parts of my family get to have together because I live in California. And it's just made me realize how extra special I hold these people and this relationship, this role in my life. And even though I've been an aunt since literally 1997, and I take it very seriously and always have only in the last few years, especially as they've all gotten older. So there's no more babies around anymore. They're all big kids, teenagers, young adults. Has the depth of that aunt role and relationship really sunk in for me and been something I've been thinking a lot about. So it absolutely deserves a spot on my favorite things list right now. Okay, now that we've talked about like my brainstorm dump and routines and rituals and my love for my nieces and nephews. Let's get back to some like actual literal things. Okay. Little things that you can purchase that will make your life better. Number nine of favorite things is eye stuff. Eye stuff. By eye stuff, I mean an eye cream and a mascara that I am loving. Let's start with the mascara because you've probably heard of this one. This was like all over TikTok. I don't even watch TikTok, but I know it was like a huge, crazy, viral mascara craze for this Maybelline Lash Sensational Sky High Mascara. I mean, I saw it everywhere. Like a year ago, maybe? I don't know. A while ago. And you can get it at the drugstore. You can get it at Target or whatever. So of course, I had to try it. And it has become my mascara of choice, which... By the way, I never in a million years thought anyone could pry me away from my L'Oreal Voluminous Mascara. It is my favorite for decades and decades. Like since high school, I've used L'Oreal Voluminous. After trying very expensive brands, all of the fancy department store brands, I always come back to L'Oreal Voluminous. But I have realized as I've gotten older, I don't know if my cheeks are sagging or what has happened. (laughs) But it smudges more than it used to. I don't think it's a formula change. I actually do think it's my face. L'Oreal Voluminous is amazing for volume. 
that's what it's called, for like thickness, it's amazing. But it does smudge on me. I have to be really aware of like when I put it on in relation to when I've put moisturizer on my face or or my makeup or whatever, because it will give me raccoon eyes. That's sort of a newer development. The Maybelline Sky High is like a drier formula, which at first I did not like at all because I felt like it dried my eyelashes out a bit. And that is still a little bit my complaint if I was going to give it a complaint. But it does exactly what it says it's going to do and that it is such a lengthener. It makes my eyelashes look so long. They almost look like extensions, not as full as the voluminous, but definitely like really, really long and individually beautiful eyelashes. That's what I feel like I'm getting from Sky High. And even more than that, the biggest bonus is that it doesn't smudge at all. And this isn't a waterproof formula or anything. This is just the regular one. It doesn't, even if I've just put on moisturizer under my eyes or something, it doesn't come off. It does not give me those black marks on my eyelid or underneath, which is that's just huge, huge points for me right now. And speaking of that, I have an eye cream that I got as a sample that I've now bought as the full size. So if you've stuck around for a while and you've heard our different beauty product recommendations, especially my episodes with the queen of all things skincare, Jamie Golden, you know that eye cream is like a little bit of a myth. So there is no magic thing out there that will take away your fine lines and wrinkles. Like that's just not how skin works. But there are ways that you can really combat how much, you know, makeup sinks into them, like how dry or moisturized that area is. I mean, there's things you can do to make your whole eye area look better, but you really can't get rid of crow's feet and under eye wrinkles with like a cream. That's just not how it works. For me, I have a lot of dryness around that sensitive area and I feel like makeup looks really bad if it's dry. So I do use certain things that are designated as eye creams only because they're actually thicker. They're mostly just moisturizers. They probably have like vitamins in them or whatever, but they're not that different from what moisturizers are doing in general, but they are like a thicker, often more expensive formula. And so I do use them only around my eyes versus like on my whole face where you know, I kind of need something different to simply moisturize my face. Well, I got this little sample in my Sephora box, I don't know, a while ago. I hadn't used it. I only used it because I was traveling. And when I travel, I like to take like travel sizes, sample sizes with me because I don't want to, you know, pack a whole big thing. And I packed this and I started using it and I was like, holy moly, no, like this actually doesn't eliminate lines and wrinkles. We already covered that but it does make that area look substantially better. It plumps it or hides it in some way. I don't know exactly what it's doing, but it is the Strivectin Anti-Wrinkle Intensive Eye Concentrate. So I'll say it again. Strivectin, that's the brand. It comes in a little tube and it's called Anti-Wrinkle Intensive Eye Concentrate. I'll put a link in the show notes, of course, but that eye cream combined with the Charlotte Tilbury magic cream for the rest of my face as like a moisturizer. I feel like those things together make my skin look so fresh and like more youthful instead of dull and dry and definitely crepey around the eyes. It is a pricier product, this Strivectin, but you use so little of it. It is such a concentrate. I mean, you use like 
not even a pea-sized amount, or maybe a pea-sized amount for both eyes. Like I just use a little dot per side. And I went through, it took me you know months to even go through the sample size. So then I've now bought the full size, replenished it to the full size, and it's on the way. I just can't say enough about it. When you look at the reviews, when I put the link, you can go look at the reviews. You can also see I'm not the only one. It has like a lot, a lot, a lot of five-star reviews. So I never heard anyone talk about this product. Super glad I got it as a sample. Super glad to pass it along to you. Okay, number 10, final favorite thing right now is absolutely absurd, but it's something that is unique to our family. (laughs) And so it makes the list. My number 10 favorite thing right now is the Tremaine fish tank. Our family has a big fish tank. Really, my husband has an enormous, huge, crazy fish tank. He put it in in 2012 for this Animal Planet show called Tanked. He was very into fish tanks. He's very into fish in general. Well, when we moved, of course, we could not take the fish tank with us. And also at that point, it's almost 10 years old. It needed some repair. And so we have a new fish tank at our new house. And if you've followed me on Instagram, I've been documenting some of the absolute absurdities of having a goofball-sized 1,500-gallon fish tank in your house. And what a weird, quirky hobby it is of Jeff's. But the old fish tank was in like a man cave, like in a base, not a basement, but like a rec room type of thing in our old house. The new tank has been upgraded to the main areas of the house. And it's actually in the dining room, but it's a open floor plan, our new house is. And so from the dining room, you can see it from the kitchen, from the living room, from our outdoor areas, you'll be able to see this enormous fish tank that we cut into the wall. It will now be like a huge part of our dining room wall. And listen, fish are not my thing. Like the whole thing is not my thing, but I have so enjoyed Jeff's joy of getting the new fish tank. And when I share it on Instagram, it's just such a funny, weird part of our family life that like, I don't know anyone else who has a tank like this. And so I get a lot of questions. People like to see it because it's such a weird thing. And so I've also enjoyed the sharing of it. It's made me appreciate this goofy passion of Jeff's to kind of see it through other people's eyes and be like, oh, it's actually a really cool thing. It's a very beautiful. It's very zen. These fish and everything besides the fish, the eels, everything, they're very well taken care of and loved. Their new tank is beyond nice. It's so lovely. They're really living it up. And because we've made it more of a main part of the house, like we're sort of working our decor around it, if you will. I mean, not our decor, but you know what I mean? Because it's been part of our new house renovations and things like that, remodeling rather. And it's not, you know, relegated to the basement where it was most of the time at the old house, it was like a little bit out of sight, out of mind for me. It was like sort of Jeff's thing. I went down there occasionally, but like, I didn't really have to interact with the fish tank. Well, now that it's like in a main part of our house, I feel like the fish tank is now like a main part of our daily life. And that's a good thing. It's going to be a beautiful thing. So it's very silly. If you want to follow it, I'm saving most of what I post about the fish tank to a highlight on Instagram called Tremaine Tank. We do lives sometimes where like Jeff's feeding the fish or whatever. It's like very soothing. I want to have a reading party there when everything's done. We're still like in the process of moving the fish in safely and everything like that. But when everything's in a good way and everything's the way it's supposed to be, we will definitely be having a reading party in front of the fish tank. It's just a very funny part of our life. And now a part of our new house, it's sort of representative of all the things that we're doing to the new house to make it our own. The house was already beautiful as we bought it, but 
getting a chance to, you know, wallpaper the bathrooms and buy new rugs and like find a place to put our art that we love so much. Like we're really putting our stamp on it. And that includes this ginormous take up the whole dining room wall fish tank. And so it's all sort of tangled together and not just the tank, even though that's my number 10 favorite thing, but in sort of making this house our home, the Tremaine home, it feels like us. It feels like we're creating a space that we will love and do this new season in. And we're all really excited and happy about it. All of us, the kids, the dog. It's been, as described, a very discombobulating few months. When we started out this year in January of 2021, we had no idea that by August of 2021, we would be in a new house with a new tank, starting a whole sort of new season of our family life. That was not something we thought was going to happen quite so quickly. But here we are, and the tank itself, because it's the very center of our home, it feels like an embodiment of this fresh new season. And so that is why it is number 10 on my favorite things list. Okay, listen, this was quite a list. This was all over the place. I hope that it sparked for you what your favorite things are right now and how listing them out, saying them to someone else, putting it in your journal, jotting it on scrap paper, just doing that is an act of gratitude. We're gonna end this episode hearing from a few of you who sent in some voice memos telling me what your favorite things are right now. I love to hear from you. And so I loved hearing these messages about your favorite things. Thanks so much for listening, friends. Now go share something. Hi, I'm Michelle from Pennsylvania, and my favorite thing right now is reading the Green Ember series with my friend Meredith, who lives in Hawaii, and talking about it over Marco Polo. This is Kara from New Jersey. Right now, my favorite thing is Joanna Gaines' book, Home Body. We bought a house in October and it's been so overwhelming trying to decorate everything. So this book is helping me go room by room to look at what really needs to get done and how to make it work for me. And I'm just loving it. I highly recommend it to anyone who's facing a similar struggle. Hi, Laura. This is Melanie from Chilliwack, BC, Canada. My favorite thing right now are dimmer switches. We're just wrapping up a massive home renovation that we decided to complete this summer And putting dimmer switches in our living room, dining room, and bathrooms have been life-changing for me, especially in the middle of the night when you need to visit one of those places. Hi, my name is Tammy from St. Catharines, Ontario in Canada, and my favorite thing right now are Talk Beauty Lip Tonics. I am normally a hardcore lipstick girl, but I wanted to give these a try as they provide pretty sun protection. They are not sticky and they're super hydrating. My favorite shade is Inspire. I encourage you to check these out. It's Talk T-O-K Beauty, and they are definitely one of my favorite things this summer. Hi, I'm Valerie Meek from Boston, Massachusetts, and my favorite thing right now is the book Unexpecting Real Talk on Pregnancy Loss by Rachel Lewis. Pregnancy loss is such a lonely experience. And while there has been more awareness raised recently by Chrissy Teigen, Meghan Markle, and others, there still are not enough resources. This book hopes to change that, offering a guide to walk through what to expect when you are no longer expecting. I wish I'd had this book when going through my loss, and I'm so grateful I now have it to share with others experiencing this heartbreak. Hi, I'm Linda from North Texas. My favorite thing right now are my new AirPods. The AirPods were mistakenly purchased when I picked up the wrong card at Costco, not realizing the mistake until I got home and opened the packaging. I love the flexibility of these little gems. 
So much easier to move about the house or garden while listening to books and my favorite podcasts, like 10 Things to Tell You. I'm Laura Tremaine, and you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.